morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you have joined me today. Ah, that Starbucks coffee that William got me is so good smelling. Oh, I hope you found a good beverage for yourself as you uh, join with me today for a, a little bit of coffee and uh, a little bit of conversation. Today is Wednesday. It's hump day. It is the 18th of December. We, gosh, how, how when, what day is, is, is Christmas on Wednesday? I am just feeling kind of dumb, but it's just around the corner. I hope you have gotten your orders in at Amazon. There's a couple more. I, there's, I'm seriously thinking about placing, so I need to do that today uh, to make sure that it can get here. I imagine uh, this season Amazon is probably driving their poor drivers ragged, and uh, UPS is probably in, and FedEx probably getting a run for their money too. So if you see one of those uh, guys or gals out delivering, or they are making a delivery at your house, be sure and thank them for all the extra effort because you can't just go out and buy a truck just for um, you know a, a short period of time. So you know that they're just having a lot of really long days making their deliveries. And so give them, a, give them an attaboy, gal, and uh, encourage them along the way. Oh, but here we are. Oh, it's dark out. But you know what's the good thing about the 18th of December? We're only like three days away from the 21st. And I think that's the, the winter solstice day. It's either the 21st or the 22nd. And you know what it means after that? The days are going to start getting longer. We're going to be moving towards summer. And uh, then I can get done with the stuff that I haven't been able to get done this year because now it's all covered with eight inches of snow and it's gotten hard where it hasn't been scooped. The wiener dog did not want to go out last night. She, I said, let's go out, let's go out. And she looked at where I was standing. She turned her head to the side and just stared like, like she did not want to make eye contact with me. If she didn't make eye contact, she could just ignore me. And that, I, there was no getting her out. She was not going to go. So I was like, okay, so be it. You can sit in your pen. And I guess uh, uh, my wife, she was out a little bit late last night. Whenever she got home, the dog definitely wanted to go out then. So, oh, well. Well, tell you what. Uh, I was just doing a little bit of uh, research yesterday on character traits and traits of good friends. And I came across this little article. I don't see a date for when it was published, uh, but it is from the website, thelawofattraction.com. And the author is Catherine Hurst, H-U-R-S-T. And the title of, his, of the article is Best Friends Forever, Seven Essential Qualities of a Good Friend. And I would, I would say in looking through the article, um, yeah, these are all seven really good traits. These are the things that we often take for granted, but they also make sense. And, and I thought I'd just go through the list and read what she had written and then throw in a few comments of my own. But 
I mean, as I go down the list, you're you're probably going to be saying, "Well, duh, of course, you know that's a that's an important quality for a good friend." But the thing is, how often do we practice these? And if you're struggling with friendships, if you're struggling uh, at a particular time in your life, you know, with you know trusting people, or you seem to have had several people dump on you, then you know, one of the things to consider is, you know, are you, are you seeing these traits in the people that you're considering friends, or are they lacking in these traits? And then the question comes to you, is how strong are you in each of these seven traits? And I'm not saying these are the only seven, and I don't think the author is either, uh, but they're just uh, some really good ones to consider. So I'm going to kind of skip past her intro and just kind of touch base here with a little bit as she gets into the seven qualities of a good friend. Uh, so she says, of course, you may have two equally good friends who are entirely different from each other in most respects. However, the vast majority of high-quality friendships feature certain core traits that lead to substantial and mutual sense of empathy, comfort, love, and understanding. Which of these seven traits do you see in your friends? And which of these are and which do you think you could stand to have more of in your life? So keep reading for the top ten qualities. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And you know, that just with what she was saying, I think back to different friends that I have had, some that have lasted, you know, a lifetime or a very long time, and others have been short-lived. And, you know, I have a broad range of friends. Uh, for me, my friends are kind of like my musical taste. I'm very eclectic. Um, it's easier to say what types of music I don't like rather than list the types that I do. Uh, it just depends on my mood. And I, and I utilize, you know, music that way. And when it comes to friends, I have friends all over the spectrum. I have friends, uh, you know, from, you know, extreme to extreme on the political spectrum, uh, extremes when it comes to, you know, social aspects, uh, just a wide variety of friends. Now, let me rephrase that a little bit and preface it with, I have a very broad spectrum, as I just described, with acquaintances but not all of my acquaintances are friends. And when it comes to friends, I also have a broad range, you know, of, you know, that I was describing. Uh, just because we agree on certain things socially or politically or religiously doesn't necessarily mean that I, I would consider them a a trusted friend, or in some cases, even a friend. They stay an acquaintance. And I think really what it ties down to is not so much the compatibility of our beliefs, but these character traits. So let me go into these. The first is honest. And she writes, among the traits of a best friend, honesty is easily one of the most significant. Your friends should tactfully tell you the truth, rather than lying to keep you happy in the short term. 
For example, they should be straightforward when it comes to discussions about clothes, romance, job opportunities, and how you come across to others. They should never be cruel or abusive. On the other hand, uh, deceitfulness and manipulation are are telltale signs of a bad friend. And if you find out your friend is lying to other people, the chances are fairly high that they'll be that they are dishonest with you as well. Yeah. Honesty. Honesty sometimes hurts, but it doesn't have to be cruel. Honesty doesn't have to be abusive. But I have said for many years, uh, I would rather have a painful truth than a good feeling lie. Um you know, it's kind of like in movies. You'll sometimes uh, you've got you've got a, a a lead character, and then they've got a a yes man or a yes gal next to him. All the the yes person does is agree with whatever that person is saying or trying to do. And it's like if they were digging a hole and that was going to cave in on them, would you be shoveling? Uh, you know dirt on top of them. I mean, come on, if they're, if somebody's making uh, a wrong decision, a wrong choice, and it's somebody you care about, then my gosh, say it in a way that they can hear it, not in a cruel way, but, you know, in a way that they can hear it. So they don't, you know, make, uh, make mistakes. Honesty is just, you know, such an important trait. And if you've got somebody in your life that is, that is not behaving in an honest way, it's going to be really hard to maintain a close friendship. And if you struggle with honesty, figure out what's going on. Why is it that you cannot be honest with certain people or with with people in general? Honesty is just key. The next one that she writes about is accepting. Great friends are accepting even when their lives diverge from your own. They will understand that your choices are your own and see that what's right for them isn't necessarily right for you. So, for example, they won't try to make you change how you look, pressure you on things that make you uncomfortable, or fight with you when, they, when you reveal you or have a different view about something. It's fine for them to challenge you and encourage you to say more about your values, But this should always be done in an even-handed way, and it shouldn't be done with the goal of changing who you are. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that I think about with the different friends that I have. Uh, And a lot of those friends, we just were scattered around the country, and it's it's hard to keep track, you know, on a face-to-face basis, keeping, keeping up with each other. And so we use social media or, you know, phone calls, you know, gosh... I can't even remember the last time I wrote a friend an email. <laughs> you just don't communicate with email in that way, but you do with these other methods. And, you know, again, I would say the majority of my friends uh, in, the, in that broad context, um, we have different views on things, but I can accept that they're where they're at. I disagree with maybe their points, but I'm 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 totally fine with people having their own views, their own opinions. They've walked a different path from me. And if somebody is trying to 
force me to or shame me uh, regarding my beliefs, it's like, wait a minute. I'm not doing that to you. Why are you doing that to me? You've walked a different path than what I have walked. You know, have some respect. Be accepting. Um, now, if there if there is a particular, how would I put it, a bad action that they are doing, something immoral, something, uh, you know, criminal or wrong, I'm not going to accept that behavior. But I can also separate people from behaviors. That's one of the things that I've I've learned in doing mental health work for all these decades is, you know, if a person has done something bad, made a major blunder, mistake, have a, a serious character flaw in a specific area, that doesn't mean necessarily that the entire person is a giant character flaw. You know, there, there's many people that I've come across and worked with that were fine people in 90 to 95% of their life, but there is this one area where it's like, oh my gosh, no, you can't just keep doing that. I don't reject the person, but this, this behavior, this trait, I'm going to try to communicate with them in a way that they can hear. To, to realize this is this is something you, you need to work on. That's kind of where the honesty part fits in. But I, I accept the person. I accept the person. So now let's, in moving on to number three, low maintenance. Great friends' quotes often point out how important it is uh, for friends to be able to reconnect after time apart. In other words, your friend shouldn't need your attention every minute of the day and should be able to understand that you have uh, lots of comments, uh, commitments. One way to maximize your chances of creating low-maintenance friends is to seek out people with similar lifestyles. You know, when I think of low-maintenance versus high-maintenance, I think of cars. I do not want a high-maintenance car. I want a car that is strong, solid, and stable so that I can just hop in it and take off whenever I need to go somewhere and not worry about it, whether I'm, I'm going to be able to get it started you know, at, in the Walmart parking lot whenever I'm done shopping. You know, the the vehicle, the truck that I drive now and our family van, they're both very reliable, low-maintenance vehicles. And when there is some sort of a repair, it's not extreme. You know, it has normal tires. You know, these real narrow kind of tires are not, like you know, you know what I'm talking about, the kind that the rubber part's only like two inches or three inches. You get a flat tire with one of those, you're shelling out 400 bucks sometimes for a stinking tire. I like mine where I can go to Walmart, I can get a $60 tire, get it installed, and out the door relatively cheaply. Uh, it's uh, I don't have to have the fancy look kind of thing. Well, when it comes to, um, and then a high-maintenance example is my stinking John Deere 4020 tractor. I have had nothing but struggles the past two years. It's not reliable. Um, 
I've been working on it, working on it, and I'm not a mechanic. I'm having to try to learn some of that, but it's very high maintenance. I cannot, I can't rely upon it. And, uh, and it takes so much effort. Now I'm not planning on selling it, uh, but it's an example of high maintenance. So with your friends, do you have a lot of high maintenance friends that have a lot of demands on you and expect you to compromise other key important things in your life because, uh, they have to be the center of attention? You know, a lot of those folks, they've got, they've got some other issues. They're kind of like my tractor. <laughs> they got some issues that need to get repaired and then maybe they could become a low maintenance friend, but high maintenance friends are pretty exhausting. Low maintenance friends, you can, you can go for a period of time without seeing them or hearing from them. And then whenever you get in touch, it's like no time has passed. You don't just spend all your time reminiscing about the old days, although that's probably going to come up, but you're going to catch up on what's happening. You know, I've got three friends that go back to college days, and I would say over my lifespan, they have been my three closest. Um, and it's not putting down any of my other friends. So if you listen to this and you're not one of these top three, that's okay, because I don't even know if these top three even know about my podcast. Uh, but they're Tom and Gary and Carlisa. And they are people that, you know, we went through college together. We were very close in college, or at least to me we were. <laughs> and I know that if anything serious comes up and I get a call from them, I'm going to do what it takes to help them. And the same goes the other way. If I'm in a crisis or a problem, I know that they're going to be there. There, We don't have to have continuous contact. As a matter of fact, um, it's probably been for a couple of them over a year since I've talked to them. But I know if I picked up the phone today, we'd have an hour-long conversation. So low maintenance, that's a good friend trait. Uh, non-judgmental is number four. And the author writes, you need friends who make you feel confident about who you are, not people who induce self-doubt. Indeed, a non-judgmental approach is also one of the uh, characteristics of a good person um, more generally. Your friends should listen to you and do their best to put themselves in your shoes even if it means trying to relate to a different belief system. Friends who try to convince you that there's a right way uh, to be will often turn out to be bullies and can make you feel very insecure about your individuality. It's your uniqueness that will actually attract people who are a good match for you. Yeah, judgmental. Um, I guess it's it's kind of like this. Um, there, there's a longstanding saying in in uh, uh, Christian circles: um, "Hate the sin, but love the sinner." Um, you know, 
there, it doesn't mean that you have to agree. You can even strongly disagree about things, but it's, it's the, I don't put that uh, in, uh, how am I trying to say this? A non-judgmental approach is where your focus is, is on the person and, and the traits of the person. There's no perfect people. I am far from perfect. I have my own issues. I have my own struggles. I have the things that I have picked up. I don't need somebody who is constantly reminding me of those things because I'm pretty aware of them and I'm working on those. Um, I need somebody who's there that's, you know, in a non-judgmental way, somebody who is encouraging, uh, helping me build up my confidence in those areas where I struggle. That's the kind of, of person that makes a good friend. They're non-judgmental. Doesn't mean that they're, you know, agreeing necessarily with what, you know, is going on with you, but they're not, they're not demanding that you behave in a certain way. You know, you look at you look at the, the the author here when they say bullies. You look at bullies; they they want you to behave the way they want you to behave, and the way that they typically do it is either guilt or intimidation. Well, I don't want a friend that is using guilt or intimidation to uh, to change my behavior. If if I'm if I'm in the wrong, sit down and have. A respectful conversation with me. Show me the the merits of what you're thinking. That may sway my opinion. But you know, good friends are not pulling out the uh, guilt or intimidation cards. They they are non-judgmental. Number five is loyalty. Loyalty is unquestionably one of the most important qualities of a good friend. You need to know that this person will stick by your side no matter what, and that their commitment to you is not fickle, you know, not, you know, changing with the wind. The very best friends will help you out when you're struggling, whether it's with money, love, mental health difficulties, or something else entirely. In contrast, fair-weather friends are ones who are only there when things are good for you and when you have plenty to give. This indicates that they're only interested in what you can do for them and that they don't value as much as you deserve. <laughs> Loyalty. Um, you know what? If you are loyal to a sports team, you do not change teams in the middle of the season, do you? I mean, if, if, if you're a cheesehead, if you're a Packers fan, you're not going to abandon them when they have a lousy season. Same way with any other team. You know, your high school, you know, that's one of the way your school is one of the ways that you, you develop kind of this corporate loyalty. You know, you're, uh, I think about Effingham High School where I graduated from, uh, the, uh, the fight song that we had was, we're loyal to you Effingham. You know, it's basically, it's, it's a knockoff song from we're loyal to you Illinois. Illinois loyalty for the University of Illinois. And, and it's, it's the idea that we may win, we may lose, we may be doing good, we may, we may be doing bad. But loyalty means more than just the actions. It's, it's the relationship. It's the relationship with the person. There's an individual, um, no names or anything like that, 
but he's a, he's an individual that I had the opportunity to get to know, not on a daily basis by any means. Uh, it was, I would say, an acquaintanceship, um, but it was inside the context of another group. And this was a pretty good guy. I, I enjoyed conversations with him. They were very stimulating. We agreed on many things. We also had some things we disagreed on, but you know what it ties into? You know, we were, you know, kind of had this um, occasional, occasionally active, growing relationship, friendship. And then found out that this person had done a pretty, I don't like overusing the word horrific, but maybe just take it down a notch from horrific, um, action. And, um, it was criminal. Uh, the person was found guilty and, um, is currently incarcerated. And I have to say it really tore me up on two different ways. One is it tore me up because of, of the actions that the person had done, but it also tore me up because other people that were in this, this larger group were ready to just, you know, hang them out to dry, not have any contact, not, you know, as if the, the one to tree is if this person never existed as if they had never had any contact with them, you know, remove them completely. And, and I get that, but, you know, even in these kinds of horrible things, there, there's still, and, and maybe this is the counselor side of me, there's still a, a sense of loyalty to a developing friendship. Now, would I trust this person in all areas? Uh, no, if, if, when this person gets out, I don't know if I'll ever see them again or, or where they will wind up going to, but it's, you know, loyal, true loyalty should not just die with the snap of the finger. Guess is what I'm trying to say. Time's running out here. I have gone way longer than what I thought. Gee, imagine that. Uh, <laughs> number six, I'll move through these quickly. Respectful. Mutual respect is one of the most important traits of a good friendship, and a lack of it is a serious warning sign that you're entering into an abusive dynamic. There's lots of facets to respect. For example, your friend should keep your secrets, not talk about you behind your back, and value your time. In addition, they should form opinions about you for themselves rather than listening to gossip. Further, once again, if you're talking to a friend who is telling you people's personal business, it's likely that they're using your secrets as conversational currency in their chats with other people. Yeah, gossip is not respectful. People may gossip and, and, and slip in that area. I'm going to say everybody does. Uh, but is it a character trait? Is it a regular activity? Respectfulness is incredibly important. And I agree with that. When people are disrespectful on a, on a consistent basis, that should be a warning sign for abusiveness. The last one is trustworthy. And it's kind of interesting. This is the first character trait of the Boy Scout law. Finally, never underestimate the important importance of aspects of friendship 
that involve trust. Trustworthiness isn't just about keeping confidences as discussed above. It's also about sticking to a certain set of moral principles that relate to the aforementioned traits of honesty and respect. For example, someone who flirts with your partner or tries to undermine you at work isn't really a friend and definitely can't be trusted with anything important. In contrast, friendships that are built on trust are usually long-lasting and deeply satisfying. Make, Make it a priority to create this type of relationship with people. Offer trust and make it obvious that you can be trusted in response. Yeah. Trustworthy is important. Trustworthy is very important. It is something, and I realize um, not everybody is 100% trustworthy in all areas. And I'm okay with that because, again, we're all fallen people. We all have our struggles. Uh, You know, there's a a saying I've probably used on a podcast before I've heard from my military colleagues. clients. And that is, uh, you know, hey, I trust him with my life, but I wouldn't trust him with my wife. And we do have to use a certain amount of discernment regarding trust. If we expect to be able to find people that we can trust 100% of the time with 100% of life events, you're going to find yourself with no one you can trust, not even yourself. So we do have to use some discernment regarding that. Okay, I will post this article to the uh, Facebook page if you want to uh, look at it and read it in more depth. I hope this was this was a good podcast. This this one really stirred me. I mean, it really, you know, it it's simple, but I really liked it. So, with that being said, we will catch you all tomorrow. Have a great day. Make the most of it. Take care. Bye bye.